Why was Miriam struck with leprosy, but Aaron wasn't? What happens to us when we die? And is it biblically permissive for Christians to carry guns? The answers to these questions and others when we understand the text. Happy New Year from your friends at When We Understand the Text, an online Bible study to help you encourage your time in the Word, studying the scriptures in context that we may know the full counsel of God. Tell your friends about our ministry at www.utt.com. Here once again is Pastor Gabe. Thank you, babe. You're welcome. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you. And thank you for catching that I forgot to do a broadcast on Wednesday. What yeah. day was that? Yeah. When- it, yeah. it was Wednesday. Yes. Yeah, it was First New day Year's. of the year. Yeah. Yep. Um, actually, Sonia was was the <laughs> one that said he, he didn't do a podcast today. <laughs> it was like, I don't know. Yeah, dude. totally forgot. <laughs> didn't know I did not record the broadcast for Wednesday. Shame. So this is going to post a little bit later since now I'm playing catch up. <laughs> right. I got to post the Psalms uh um lesson for thursday uh-huh and then this will be a little bit later on friday yeah i noticed the axe was on thursday right it, it it's dated for wednesday okay but dropped on thursday yes but dropped yes. on thursday okay so it has wednesday's date on it well actually it could have been wednesday for some people depends on your time zone i guess so right <laughs> there's an international dateline in there, there too. Is. <laughs> so when you cross the dateline it's the next day is it yeah, that's right. Because they're a day. Which way you're going. They're a day ahead of us. Yes. Because when the new Star Wars movie comes out, the Star right. Wars fans want to go to Australia, right? So they can catch it a day early. Yes. Which is ridiculous. I don't yes. understand. <laughs> I mean, any excuse to go to Australia. Well, though. yeah, <laughs> that's true. Just saying. <laughs> but I might want to go to visit my Christian friends, not. Uh, well, of course. <laughs> not to go see Star Wars. All right, this is the Friday edition. Uh, Friday edition. Uh, mm. I almost said edition. We're, edition. We're adding. We're adding. We are. This is episode Technically. 1115, I think. This is the Friday edition yes. of the broadcast. And we take questions from listeners. You can send your questions to when we understand the text at gmail.com. Which answers one of our questions. Question well, and answer. Question and answer, yes. So I thought we didn't have any email questions. Uh-huh. And so Becky put it out on Twitter. Hey, send us some questions real quick. Right. We got a bunch. Some of them from will Twitter. be... From Twitter, yes. Yeah, from Twitter. Some of them will be kind of more quick fire. Uh, and then I went to the email and found out we do have a question. Just one. In our email inbox. It was just one. So we'll start with that one because that was the email question. Uh, actually, we're going to begin with a recap of our year-end list from yes, last week. That's right. Biggest religion stories of the year. Right. And we added a couple in there. So we really didn't know how many we had. It was roughly it was 40. Close. Yeah. It was close. I could have said 40 of the biggest, you know, so right. I stick with my 40 number. <laughs> Apparently that's your number. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle Leslie had contacted us and threw in a few stories. Some of them I was kind of embarrassed that I didn't get. I was like, oh, how did I miss that yeah, story? You were kicking yourself on a couple. <laughs> so here we go. This is a quick rundown of the list that we did last week in a more organized fashion because this is in order from January 1st to December 31st. Right. And this is from Michelle Leslie? No, no, no. No. The suggestions... You just compounded yeah. some of... Okay. The suggestions she made are now in this list. Okay. So this is our list last week in addition to what she added. Mm-hmm. 
Plus, does I'm, she have a blog about that? I'm sorry, I wanted oh, to. Oh, I can't remember. I can't remember if she did or not. But you can I'm go to. I'm sure she did. Go to michellelesley.com. Yes, I just wanted to plug her. Now, I, I I said last week that oh, I was going to put this into a blog. Uh huh. And I you did. Uh, yeah, you were pretty excited about that too. I started doing it. Uh huh. And it got and what a, happened? It got a little wordy. Tell us, babe. <laughs> Tell us more. <laughs> <laughs> so my blogs generally average about 2,000 words. Mm-hmm. This was 20,000 words. Yes. And still growing. Yes. <laughs> so so it's going to be a book. Right. And you can get it on Kindle for a dollar uh-huh. or in print for under five. Ooh. I'm going to try to keep them cheap. That's awesome. Because, I, I mean, you know. A year from Yeah. A year from now, who's going to be searching for books with 2019 in the title? But it's 2019 year in review, mm-hmm. and it's going through 40 of the biggest religion stories, plus a biblical response to every one of those stories. Awesome. Is part of the chapter as well. So here they are. I'm going to go ahead and give you all 40 headlines that you'll find in the book. And by the way, the book will drop either Friday or Saturday. This weekend. This weekend. And I'll make sure to get it posted on the Facebook page and even the what website. Yay. That and Twitter. And Twitter. Yes, of Twitter course. Mm-hmm. And, and just so you know, it's up and you can get it. Yay! So here we go. Here's the headlines from last week. We're ticking down through them quickly. January 1st, Austria, Taiwan, Ecuador, and Northern Ireland legalized same-sex marriage. Didn't we say it wasn't, um, not Austria, but we said it was Australia or something? Yes. Okay. And Australia was a couple years ago. Mm, So it wasn't Australia. It was Austria. Got it. And Austria was the first one of the year. Mm -hmm. So I made that, uh, that mention on January the 1st. Okay. Headline two, January the 20th, Lady Gaga declares she's a Christian and slams Vice President Mike Pence. Oh. Because Mike Pence's wife... Mm-hmm. was working at a Christian school. Lady Gaga called him the worst example of a Christian, but she is a Christian woman. Mm. That's apparently a, a good example. I did a what video on that. So <laughs> you can find the video. Number three, J.D. Greer preaches that the Bible whispers about sexual sin. That was mm. on January the 27th when he was preaching from Romans 1. Number four, Houston Chronicle breaks the story on sex abuse scandal in the Southern Baptist churches. That was exactly two weeks later Hmm. on February the 10th. So right after the president of the Southern Baptist Convention preached the Bible whispers about sexual sin, Hmm. a story broke revealing a sex scandal within Southern Baptist churches. But it's apparently not a big deal because the Bible whispers about sexual sin. Don't say it. Number five. Now, this is one that Michelle Leslie brought to my attention, and I can't believe I didn't mention this last week. (laughs) John MacArthur's 50th anniversary. That that was pretty big. That was February the 10th. That was a big deal. Yes. So it was was February the 9th, Mm -hmm. 50 years ago, that he preached his first sermon at the age of 29 Hmm. at Grace Community Church. And then it was February the 10th of 2019 when they celebrated John MacArthur's 50th anniversary that's awesome so almost to the day yeah that's pretty cool pretty fantastic number six woke pastors questioned at the shepherds conference that's the way i have the headline i don't think it's it's titled that in the book i think it's social justice because somewhere somewhere in the name of the chapter it has something to do with the social justice statement okay. that was signed back in 2018 oh right okay which of course john MacArthur was one of the framers of mm-hmm. so it, it was more or less phil johnson asking 
uh, the the panelists, mm-hmm. particularly Moeller, Dever, and Ligon Duncan, why they didn't sign mm-hmm. the social justice statement. So anyway, all that mentioned in that particular chapter, as well as an understanding of what we're talking about when we say social justice movement. That would be nice. There's uh, the, the clarity in that. Yes. Explanations of some of those things, <laughs> mm-hmm. which unfortunately that conversation wasn't clarifying. Yeah. But, but the chapter will be. Yay. <laughs> Number seven. Uh, terror attack kills 50 at mosques in Christchurch, New Zealand. That was on March mm. 15th. Number eight, Francis Chan defends preaching with false teachers. That was March 17th. Mm. Number nine, March 25th, living out exposed for pushing the gay Christian agenda. And that was our good friend, Dr. Tom Buck, who mm. wrote those series of articles that were published at Alpha and Omega Ministries. March 29th, number 10 headline, the pro-life film Unplanned hit theaters. Mm. And I did a review on that. It's, it's really kind of a rehashing of the review ended up being the chapter. Oh, okay. See, some of the stuff I've written earlier in the year, I was just able to Copy and carry that almost. over. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Make that a chapter of the book. That's why it's ended up so long. Uh, <laughs> number 11. This was April 14th. Christians defend watching softcore porn show Game of Thrones. Mm. Uh, number 12. The Notre Dame Cathedral Fire. That was on April oh, 15th. Yeah. Wow, that's that's crazy. It was that long ago. Yeah. And uh, and and like we said last week, there's only a 50 percent chance it'll ever get rebuilt and reopened. So it may be a total loss. I mean, everything's got to go down sometime. Yep. It's just sad to watch it. Yeah. So how should Christians think of something like that, especially considering it's Catholic? Mm -hmm. But that's talked about in the chapter. So, yeah, yeah. you'd have to uh, get the book to find out. Uh, Number (laughs) number 13. Serial bomb attacks in Sri Lanka on Easter mm. Sunday. That was April 21st. And uh, and that was all the, the controversy that also kind of surrounded that was you had a few liberal politicians that were mourning Easter worshipers mm. as though they were trying to avoid saying Christians right. that were martyred on that particular uh, in that particular attack. Number 14, United Methodist Church upholds biblical ethic on sexuality, on human sexuality. That was April 26th. Number 15, the first abdication by a Japanese monarch in 200 years on April the 30th. Number 16, Rachel Held Evans died at the age of 37 on May the 4th. Number 17, Beth Moore ignites debate over women preaching. And I dated that one May 12th because that was Mother's Day. Do you remember what was significant about that? Yeah, she preached. She preached at her church on Mother's Day. And that was kind of what that, that was kind of the the peak of that conversation. Me, she spoke. <laughs> she attempted to preach at her church on I, Mother's Day. Does she call it preach though? I thought she called it I'm going to speak at my church. Something like it that. It was something that yeah. wasn't quite. And then as the year went on, it it kept growing. Uh number 18, the Human Life Protection Act signed into law in Alabama May 15th, and I also used that chapter mm-hmm. to talk about some other abortion legislation, mm-hmm. whether pro-life or pro-abortion legislation that was passed in the country in 2019. Number 19, President Donald Trump visits David Platt's church. That was on June the 2nd. Oh, I forgot that happened. Number 20, Colorado goes after Masterpiece Cake Shop a third time Yikes. on June the 5th. Well, it wasn't really the state of Colorado. It was uh, Colorado went after Jack Phillips twice. And then this is that lawyer who just won't let this go. Hmm. Um, the uh, the lawyer who's a man pretending to be a woman uh, who is suing Masterpiece Cake Shop because Jack Phillips wouldn't make him a coming out cake or a, a transition cake. Pink on the inside, blue on the outside. 
<laughs> Do you get it? Yeah, I yeah. get it. <laughs> so uh, now when Michelle Leslie, uh, it, this this is one of Michelle Leslie's recommendations mm-hmm. or suggestions. When she mentioned this, she said Jack Phillips uh, victory. Well, he didn't really have a victory this year. He and the state of Colorado decided to drop their mutual lawsuits against one another. Uh-huh. But then the lawyer decided to strike out on his own and file this suit against Jack Phillips. And that's still pending. Okay. So he's got yet a third lawsuit that is against him. My goodness. Uh, and that was filed on June the 5th. Number 21, Pope Francis changes the Lord's Prayer. That was June the 6th. Number 22, Southern Baptist Convention passes Resolution 9. That was a difficult chapter because you're trying to summarize all the crazy stuff that was surrounding that into like four pages. <laughs> so that was on June the yeah, 12th. During, I don't think that would come easy either. <laughs> it wasn't. I basically ripped off Josh Bice and the stuff that he wrote about it and just kind of put that in the chapter. Yeah. Uh, number 23, women's U.S. soccer team wins the Women's World Cup, and Jaylene Hinkle wasn't among them, July the 7th. Mm. Number 24, Joshua Harris kisses Christianity goodbye, July 26th. Okay. Number 25, disgraced pastors refuse to learn their lessons, including Tullian Javidian, Mark Driscoll, and James McDonald. That was August 19th. Number 26, Benny Hinn repents of the prosperity gospel, but not really. September the 3rd. Yeah. Number 27, Drew Brees attack for promoting Bring Your Bible to School Day on September the 5th. Hmm. Number 28, Babylon B owns everyone, but Snopes doesn't get the joke. (laughs) September the 26th. Number 29, Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh testifies before Congress. That was on September the 27th. And that's a significant religious story because we all know why that was going on. Mm. It was because everybody is afraid of the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Right. The liberal side doesn't want Roe v. Wade to be struck down. But of course, that's what we're hoping happens. And I hope it's 2020. I hope so, too. That that happens. Number 30, Brant John hugs his brother's killer and shares Mm. the gospel with her October the 5th. Number 31, Southern Baptist pastors and other prominent evangelicals endorse Paula White Kane October 8th. And I also lumped in... Paula White being added to the uh, White House staff mm. is in that same chapter rather than doing two chapters on Paula White. <laughs> Number 32, gay presidential candidate says he's a Christian. October the 10th. That's Pete Buttigieg. Mm. Number 33, Kanye West releases Jesus is King, October 25th. Mm-hmm. Number 34, Christian comedian John Christ outed for sexting, manipulation, and harassment, November the 6th. Number 35, Chick-fil-A caves to the LGBTQ mafia on November the 18th. Amazon's Amazon's going to block me for some of these titles. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have my book removed. Uh, no, <laughs> number 36, Christianity Today tells Christians to support Donald Trump's impeachment, December 19th. Number 37, Bethel Church fails to resurrect a little girl, December 20th. Mm. That was That was, I had that on the list at one point, and I don't know how it didn't end up. Maybe I was scrolling past it. Maybe. When we were going through our headlines last week. But that was another one that Michelle Leslie reminded me of. Hmm. There's that whole thing of Bethel Church trying yeah. to raise Olive uh, from the dead. You might have been trying to spare me. I could have been because Becky didn't like that story so much. Uh, number 38. Church displays nativity scene with Joseph, Mary, and Jesus locked in cages. December 24th. That was also a Michelle oh. Leslie recommendation. Yeah, I remember seeing pictures of that. That was weird. I, initially, I told her I wasn't going to do that one, mm-hmm. but 
Yeah, that really was kind of a big deal yeah. in the month of December. <laughs> All the conversation that surrounded, was Jesus a refugee? And Right. It's kind of like that subject gets bigger and bigger every year, mm-hmm. almost. Uh, number 39, pastor in China sentenced to nine years in prison. Hmm. That actually came down on December 30th. Hmm. So that happened after we had talked about it. We did yeah, mention we that did. pastor. We did mention that. But not his sentencing. Hmm. So that came down on December 30th. And then number 40, extreme poverty drops to its lowest numbers in recorded history, December the 31st. But in addition to that story, I'm also going to be including in that chapter uh, an article that came out from Discern News. So this was Adam Ford that put this together. But uh, in the year 2019, nearly 50 million children worldwide aborted in the womb. Hmm. So while it's true that poverty, uh, the the poverty rate is dropping. So is the population. So is the population. More on that in the chapter. And again, the book is called 2019 Year in Review. And the link will be on the website and on Facebook and Twitter. It's where you can pick it up as soon as I got it done and posted at Amazon. So your next book for this year, for 2020, should be Hindsight 2020. Or 2020 <laughs> Hindsight. I stole that. <laughs> hindsight is 2020. That's yeah. that's true. That's a good uh, year-end uh, review book title, though. <laughs> Isn't that great? You should write that down. <laughs> All right, let's... Start typing it now. Uh, typing I If I'm going to get it done, yeah. yeah. So I'm not... <laughs> I'm not working on it eight hours a day. All right. So here we go with the question. This is Megan from California. She said, hello, Pastor Gabe and Becky. Hello. Thank you for your ministry. I enjoy listening to the What Podcast, and I'm thankful for your willingness to stand firm on what the Word of God says, even if it's unpopular, which it quite often is. Mm. I have a couple of questions, and I hope you can find the time to answer them both. So we'll we'll stop halfway through this email and answer the first question and then go on to the second. Okay, sounds good. I apologize in advance because this may be somewhat lengthy. That's okay. We always are somewhat lengthy. You know, just a little. (laughs) Just a tad. (laughs) My first question is about Numbers 12, in which Miriam and Aaron oppose Moses. Why wasn't Aaron punished Hmm. as Miriam was, even though they both sinned? The best explanation I've seen is that Miriam started it. And that may very well be true. (laughs) So she is listed first. We're talking about a skirmish between siblings here. Okay. Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. Miriam started it. She started it. (laughs) Yeah. Heard that one before. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) But is there more to it than that? If it were just that, it would still seem strange to me personally. And I know that's, that's on me, not on God or the Bible. That Aaron would not be held responsible for choosing to go along with it. Any insight on this would be much appreciated. Okay, so let's go to the story in Numbers 12. Mm -hmm. So starting in verse 1, Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Cushite woman whom he had married. Verse 2, and they said, has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us also? And the Lord heard it. Now the man Moses was very meek, more than all people who were who were on the face of the earth. This Moses writing this. Okay. I'm the meekest man on earth. Of course. <laughs> Still the word of the Lord. So it's yes, true. It is true. Verse four. And suddenly the Lord said to Moses and to Aaron and Miriam, come out, you three, to the tent of meeting. And the three of them came out and the Lord came down in a pillar of cloud and stood at the entrance of the tent and called Aaron and Miriam, and they both came forward. 
And he said, Hear my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak with him in a dream. Not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. With him I speak mouth to mouth, clearly, and not in riddles. And he beholds the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? And the anger of the Lord was kindled against them, and he departed. So the question being, why were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? Mm -hmm. Verse 10, when the cloud removed from over the tent, behold, Miriam was leprous like snow. And Aaron turned toward Miriam and behold, she was leprous. And Aaron said to Moses, oh, my Lord, do not punish us because we have done foolishly and have sinned. Let her not be as one dead whose flesh is half eaten away when he comes out of his mother's womb. Hmm. And Moses cried out to the Lord, oh, God, please heal her, please. But the Lord said to Moses, if her father had but spit in her face, should she not be ashamed seven days? Let her be shut outside the camp seven days, and after that she may be brought in again. So Miriam was shut outside the camp seven days, and the people did not set out on the march till Miriam was brought in again. After that, the people set out from Hazaroth and camped in the wilderness of Paran. So why is it that only Miriam was struck when Aaron was just as much in opposition against Moses as Miriam was? My first answer to this would be to consider Aaron's response. Aaron said to Moses, oh, my Lord, not capital Mm L-O-R-D, but referring to Moses in humility, because remember once again what it was that God said. Mm-hmm. Why Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? Aaron clearly is. <laughs> so, so he says, do not punish us because we have done foolishly and have sinned. Let her not be as one dead whose flesh is half eaten away when he comes out of his mother's womb. Remember that the Lord is the one who tests mind and heart. Mm. And he knows what each man thinks. Right. Remember what the Lord said to Samuel when Samuel was anointing a son of Jesse to become the next king of Israel. He thought the oldest was surely the next king of Israel. Right. But the Lord said to to Samuel, do not judge him by his outside appearance. Mm -hmm. Man looks at what is outside, but the Lord determines the heart. Right. He knows the heart of a man. So God perhaps knew that Aaron would respond in this way. Mm-hmm. When Miriam was struck with leprosy, mm-hmm. Miriam may not have responded the way that Aaron did if Aaron was the one that was struck with leprosy. Yeah. The Lord determined that her heart was harder than Aaron's was. Mm. And that may have been the reason why she was the example. So that would be my first answer. Secondly, I would say, remember that Aaron was at one point Moses' mouthpiece. Mm, right. So there were things that Aaron was privy to that the rest of the children of Israel were not. Mm -hmm. And also being Moses' mouthpiece, in this particular case, he gets to be Miriam's. And Ah. he gets to appeal on behalf of Miriam to Moses. Mm -hmm. So the two of them, however you cut this, 
both of them have to humble themselves before Moses. Right. Before the Lord relents in his anger and allows them to continue. Mm-hmm. The the whole of the children of Israel had to come to a stop for seven days while Miriam was outside the camp mm-hmm. before she recovered from this affliction that the Lord had given her. Mm-hmm. So everyone was to learn something from this. Right. You can't exactly hide that. Yeah. Yeah. Aaron was certainly humbled, but the Lord in his wisdom knew that it was going to take less for Aaron than it was for Miriam. Mm. And that would be why she was struck with leprosy and not and not Aaron. All right. So that's the first part of Megan's question. Second question. My second question is about evangelism. These past couple months, I've felt a strong desire and conviction to share the gospel with others. But I kept making excuses for not doing it until just about three weeks ago when I shared it with an acquaintance at college. And then at Christmas, I witnessed to my cousin. Neither of them are saved yet, but both conversations went well. They didn't get visibly upset even when I talked about sin and hell, and they understood what I was saying. Lately, I've been wanting to witness to strangers as well as to people I already know. I definitely want to hand out tracts. I ordered some, but they haven't arrived yet. But I'd also like to have face-to-face conversations as I go about my daily life and even intentionally go to public places with the purpose of witnessing to people, not open-air preaching, just talking to people. I can think of a couple of places in particular where young people like to hang out. I'm in college, as I've mentioned. Hopefully there will be some people who are not too busy and who are willing to talk. What advice could you give me on witnessing to strangers? What's the best way to start a conversation and what are some things I should actively avoid doing or saying? Is it even wise for one person to go into these public areas to witness or is that sort of thing best done in pairs or groups? I want to make sure that I'm not just acting on blind zeal, but I want to share the gospel in the wisest and most biblical way possible. Any advice or encouragement that you could give me on how to do this would be greatly appreciated. Thank you for all that you do. Megan from California. Group. Group, yes. Megan, I... 110% group. (laughs) I would recommend that you do this at least in pairs. Yeah. So you've got somebody with you, uh, especially being a young woman, Mm -hmm. and this day and age, and the fact that you live in California. It depends on location in California from what I've heard, but still California nonetheless. Right. And especially witnessing to to college students on top of that. Yes. Um, Always in the daytime. Don't go out at night. Yeah, definitely. And and to have another person with you is not necessarily... I'm not just thinking of that from the standpoint of you're a young woman and a potential victim Mm -hmm. for somebody who's walking around by herself. Somebody could accuse you of something. Right. And you don't have anybody there to back you up. Right. So that's the reason why going out in pairs is always the best idea, Mm -hmm. Um, at least in pairs. If you can go out with more people than that, that would be great. Mm -hmm. If you find some friends, you guys can go out to a park together and kind of break up. Hey, you two go over there. We'll go over here. You know, something like that. That would always be a great thing to do. You you definitely need to tell your church Mm -hmm. as well. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I would also recommend to be wise about where you pick because, I mean, next to a bar joint or whatever is not a good place. Um, you're not going to get people in their right mind who are thinking clearly. Yeah, I can have a conversation with. Yes. So um, pick pick somewhere that's, you know, has some sound mind people. 
Yeah, because I, I really I've witnessed a very, very few drunk guys. Yeah, um, I have done it before, but it's kind of like I don't really expect them to remember anything we just talked about. Right. So so that's not really the best place to go unless you're getting people going into the bar, yeah. <laughs> you know. Might want to get them before they go in. Yeah. But uh, witnessing to those who are intoxicated usually doesn't go well. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, doing tracks is great, as you mentioned, handing out tracks. So, so your question being like, how do you initiate or start the conversation? A track is a great, a great way to do it mm-hmm. because you can stand there and just kind of hand out tracks and people are going to grab one as they're going by, even if they aren't willing to stop and talk. Mm-hmm. And then someone may be willing to stop and say, okay, what is this? What are you handing out? Mm -hmm. And then they've asked the question. So now conversation has been initiated. Right. And you can begin by, you know, going through the law Mm -hmm. as a test. You follow Ray Comfort's way of the master Mm -hmm. sort of approach. Could I ask you, do you think you're a good person? They say, yes. Can I test you on that? Have you ever told a lie before? Have you ever stolen anything before? Mm Mm-hmm. Have you ever looked at someone with lust? The Bible says that's adultery. Have you ever hated anyone? Jesus said that's the same as if you murdered in your heart. Mm-hmm. So you go through those five things. You've, uh, By your own admission, you've lied, stolen, lusted, committed adultery. You've murdered in your heart. You've blasphemed the name of God, if you throw that one in there, too. Mm-hmm. And so you've broken half the Ten Commandments. Just right here. Right. So then you share the gospel. Their heart is now conditioned to realize they are not good. They stand before God condemned. Mm-hmm. If God were to judge you right now, just based on what we've gone through, would you go to heaven or hell? Mm-hmm. And and so the understanding of do you want to know? Uh, do you want to know how you can be right with God? And it's by faith in Jesus Christ. So then the heart's condition to be able to hear the gospel. That's a great way to break into that. Yeah. Uh, I would. And it and, flows real smooth. Yeah. So that's that's a great way to kind of break into sharing the gospel with somebody. Um, if you are talking with somebody and things are obviously not getting anywhere, you'll get better at this at the more that you do it. But at some point, you're going to figure out, I'm not going to get anywhere with this person. Don't stand there and talk with them for an hour or yeah. two when you've got other folks there in the park right. that you can turn around and witness to. And this has happened to me before when I've gone down to the park here in Junction City and I talked to one guy for over an hour. Yes. Uh, and, and I wouldn't say it was necessarily fruitless. We probably got somewhere with it. But uh, the, then walking away, the question becomes, did I accomplish something with that one individual? Or, or were you casting your pearls before swine? Right, exactly. Yeah. Matthew 7, 6. Mm-hmm. Could I have cut that off sooner and then talk to more people? Right. But I, I don't think you should really think of it that way. That's definitely a Baptist mindset. Get the most number of people out here. Yeah. I witnessed it's, the 50 people today. It's hard to get today. away from, you know, yeah. you get it drilled in your head. But but really, it's it's um, quality over quantity. Yes. For sure. So even if quality ends up being a big quantity, that's that's great. And if um, But if it doesn't, that's great, too, because you're doing the Lord's work. Amen. So, uh, Megan, I think that this is a wonderful desire that you have. Yes. Feed that fire. That's wonderful. Take a friend with you. Y- yes. <laughs> Do that. Talk to your pastor or or an elder at your church, Sunday school teacher, whoever it would happen to be. Mm-hmm. In Romans 12, where it tells us to weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice, we kind of take that verse to apply to like absolutely everything. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. 
but more specifically in context to what the church was facing and what they were going through. We're talking here about events of evangelism. Mm. So when a person goes out to evangelize, they're going to get beat up by the world. They want to be able to come back to their church, which is going to be a safe haven for them. Right. Full of friends and brothers and sisters in the Lord who are going to weep with them in their struggles, but also rejoice with them Mm. when they've had those occasions when they've shared the gospel and a person does come to the Lord. Yeah. And they feel like they're, they're making progress with the people that they're sharing the gospel with. So you want your church to be involved in this. Don't just think of this as uh, as I'm going solo. Yeah. A a soul pilgrim adventure. Yeah. But you're doing this with a bunch of believers that want to likewise encourage you. And you may be surprised in the number of people at your church Mm. that also want to do this. Yeah. But they're probably going, I just, I didn't want to go out and do it by myself. Right. I didn't want to be the only one. I'm I'm glad to hear somebody else. willing to pray for you. Yeah. And pray for the people that you're about to evangelize to. Right. So that, that, yeah, that's big too. Thank you for your question, Megan. And we'll be praying for you Mm -hmm. uh, as you continue. So we, that was the only email question I got. I didn't realize that I even had that question. Yes. For the new year. So uh, Becky had put it out on Twitter. Hey, do you have any questions that you want us to answer on the broadcast? So the rest of these came from that question that, that Becky put out on Twitter. Yeah. There was quite a few responses. I was very surprised on there because whenever somebody asks me for a question, I'm like, oh, I had like 50 of them, but I can't think of one of them now, you know, right? because I gave them like maybe 30 minutes to answer. (laughs) Yeah, it went quick, but we still got quite a few. We did get quite a few. I was very pleased. Thank you guys for um, all of your responses on that and very quick wit. Now, Fred, in his quick wit, (laughs) Fred from Grace to You, he said, just have Gabe spitball about something. But Becky said, no, then Gabe talks about politics and I don't know what to, I can't even chime in on that. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's uh, it's not really much that I can. Yeah. Uh huh. Yep. That's all I got. So. Yep. Uh huh. <laughs> so I save the politic episodes for when Becky can't be on. That's right. <laughs> Sean asked this question. What is the best way to study the Bible for the new year? Hmm. Word for word. Verse by verse, chapter by chapter, page by page. Mm. I would say, really, you should make a point to read the whole Bible in a year. But I'm not one of those guys that thinks that you should spread that out over like two to three chapters a day so that you're getting through it over the span of a year. I really think you should try to read through the entire Bible in three months. Mm Mm-hmm. You've got other books you're reading the rest of the year, plus your devotionals. Mm -hmm. So you're not making... Uh, You're not making it an an ambition the other nine months of the year to read through the Bible again, unless you want to. Right. Totally up to you. But uh, that's when you're doing kind of your regular devotionals and other book reading and stuff like that. Maybe deeper study of one of the um, books of the Bible or something. Yeah. Or you get into systematic theology or something like that. Yeah. Huge like that. So going through the whole Bible, I think you should try to knock it out as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there, that way you keep it all in context, too. Yeah, right. There, yeah, there's. It's easy to forget whenever you're ending it at the end of the year and you started it at the beginning. Uh, it's good to be in your in your Bible every day. But as for reading through all of it, do it all at once as quickly as you can. Mm-hmm. Six weeks would be awesome. I have pulled that one off before. <laughs> I don't do that all the time. But uh, yeah, trying to trying to get it in as short a period of time as possible so that you're uh, you're reading it every year, at least once a year. Mm. Uh, next question from Stephen in Florida. When we die, will we be absent from the body and present with the Lord? Yes. Second Corinthians five, eight and nine is where we get that understanding. 
where Paul says, yes, we are of good courage and we would rather be away from the body and be at home with the Lord. Hmm. So whether we at home, we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. In the book of Revelation, you have the uh, the picture of the martyrs that are under the altar and they're asking God, when are we going to be avenged hmm. for uh, the deaths that we have suffered for preaching the gospel? Mm-hmm. And the Lord gives them a white robe and says to wait a little longer because their numbers are going to be added to. So you have a picture of, however symbolic that is, you have a picture of Uh, the martyrs in heaven with God, Hmm. praising God and exalting him at the altar. But those numbers are also going to be added to Mm -hmm. before the full number of days is up, before uh, the Lord comes back in his glory Hmm. and judges the living and the dead. So there we have a picture of people in heaven already now. Right. Asking God, uh, like, what what is your will for this? What Mm -hmm. is your plan and your purpose? And when do all these things come to fulfillment? Mm. And the Lord saying, hang on, because yeah. it is the Lord's will that more martyrs would be added to this number before uh, his will is completed. Yeah. So there, there's always pictures throughout the scripture of persons in heaven with God now, mm-hmm. even though we've not yet experienced the resurrection of the body, because that's what happens at the second coming. Mm hmm. When Jesus returns, then we our souls are reunited with our bodies, which are made to be like his glorious body. Okay, so is it um, the name is escaping me? Maybe Lazarus who saw the rich man? Yeah, so so it was the rich man and Lazarus. Okay, Lazarus. This was Jesus story in Luke 16. Right. Okay, so was he was I can't remember. Was he deceased and in heaven? Or was he just in like a, a vision with God or how, what was that context? Well, I can't, yeah, I can't remember. See, like you're going through all the debate or like some okay. people, some people say, well, this was a vision or it was a parable of oh, Jesus or I something like realize. that. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was just trying to remember. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. So you're just, you're just kind of covering the whole you debate know, of everything. The right. whole thing. Go for it. Was it just a metaphor? What, what was this? So, but we understand that Jesus, he was, he was in heaven right he was in paradise right looking down and so that and he was talking to what jesus or god i don't even remember no abraham the rich man was talking to abraham abraham and because this place paradise oh was goodness. also wow. referred to as abraham's all bosom. Up. i'm so sorry okay so <laughs> let me not butcher it anymore and you go for it <laughs> So you had the the rich man uh, who enjoyed good things in life. Right. Lazarus, who was miserable, the poor man, the dogs licked his wounds. Mm -hmm. They both died. Angels carry Lazarus to Abraham's side. Right. The rich the rich man who is not named, he goes to a place of torment. Uh Uh-huh. And it's clear that he's in fire. However spiritual this might be, uh, you know, not physical fire, but there's some sort of a torturous aspect to this place where he is in. What is it? Burning and gnashing of teeth or something? Right. right. It, there okay. is the there's the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Weeping. That's what it is. Okay. So it's evident that there are some people who, when they are cast into judgment, will uh, in eternal fire mm-hmm. will weep because they'll realize I could have, mm-hmm. I could have believed and I didn't. All the answers were there and I didn't turn and believe. Mm-hmm. There are others who will gnash their teeth in anger at God forever mm. because they will they'll believe hey 
you did this to me. Right. I didn't do anything wrong. Right. So that's the that's the what's being painted there with the reference to weeping and gnashing of teeth. But in the place where the rich man was was obviously a place of torment. He's asking Abraham for relief. Give me mm-hmm. just a drop on my tongue to give me relief from this awful place. So that was the rich man. That was the rich man. Okay. And Abraham says there's a chasm between you and us. Mm-hmm. You can't come over here. We can't come over there. Right. So Abraham saying you had good things in life. Lazarus didn't have those good things. And now he's experiencing paradise. Mm-hmm. And so the the rich man says, well, at least send somebody back to warn my brothers of this awful place. And mm. Abraham says they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. Yeah. And the rich man says, no, but but if somebody comes back from the dead, then they'll believe. Mm hmm. And that's where Abraham says, if they won't believe Moses and the prophets, neither will they believe if someone should rise from the dead. Hmm. Uh, like guys like Andy Stanley will say, well, uh, all we need is the resurrection of Jesus. We just believe in the resurrection of Jesus. We don't right. need all this other stuff because all that right. other stuff's too hard to believe anyway. Well, the response to that is exactly what Abraham said right. at the end of Luke 16. And this all according to Christ. Mm-hmm. And who would know this but Jesus, right. who is he who came from heaven. Mm-hmm. So he's telling a story that he knows. Mm-hmm. He's not just painting some sort of metaphor or telling a parable. Right. This is a picture of what happens when a person dies. Now, as far as like the succession of events or how it feels when you die, do you see a bright light? You know, all this other kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. We don't exactly know how all of that goes, but we know that the faithful in the Lord, those who feared God, those who believed his word and kept it Mm -hmm. and, and believed in Christ Jesus, that God raised him from the dead, believed in the word of Jesus, that he was the son of God, that Mm -hmm. he died on the cross for our sins, that he atoned for us, that the righteousness that we have is not ours, but it is the gift of God by grace through faith. We are saved. Mm. Those who believe that will be carried by angels into paradise, Mm -hmm. which is not necessarily Abraham's bosom anymore. Because the son is now seated there right. at the right hand of the throne of God. So Jesus is even painting a picture of something that was before he had died hmm. and paid the price, paid for the sins of all who had uh, rebelled against God, mm-hmm. the Lord's elect. Yeah. And and so now after that has taken place and God is, a, or Jesus, same thing, has ascended <laughs> into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. It's different now than referring to it as Abraham's bosom. Right. But it is still that same place. It's paradise. Okay. Uh, uh, This is the picture that Jesus has given us of the afterlife. Mm -hmm. And there is existence there when we die. Mm -hmm. It's not soul sleep. It's not purgatory. It's not going into some sort of holding place. Yeah. We go be with God. Mm -hmm. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Paul says, whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him at home with the Lord or away still here here on earth. Right. Right. Okay. So next question. Okay. So moving on. As we're meant to do this quickly, but we... Yeah, sorry. Thank, thank you for your question, Stephen. You got yes, us thanks. talking. I thought he said you said that he had another question. No? Are you not going oh, to... Oh, no, that, that was... Well, because he said purgatory. Oh, oh, I see. Okay, no, there's okay, no okay. purgatory. There's no okay. soul sleep. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. All right. Uh, Zach from Michigan. What absolutely should be on your church website? Oh. 
Five things. Your address. <laughs> Where you're located. I'm not joking. <laughs> it needs to be on there. You'd be surprised. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> really? Um, your, okay, besides the, the hubbub of address and phone number and whatnot. So then I would say um, we've gotten a lot of people because we have our, um, what's that called? The, the, um. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna wait. Go I'm gonna it. wait for you nope, to find it. No, nope, no, nope, nope, keep going, it's babe. It's gone. Pull up the website. I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> the the, majo- the, the majority of people come to us, and we ask them, "Why did you choose our church?" The majority of people will say, "Our, our faith." Right, because the, of our statement of faith. Statement of faith. <laughs> it was just not coming. Anyway. Yes. Yes, you, you. Need, you need to have a statement of faith on your website. Definitely. And no creed, but the Bible is not good enough right that is that is just jargon anyway um we won't go into that (laughs) so so we need address and 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 contact info right yep so you're you've got three of the five that i have on here so you have statement of faith where we're located how to be contacted oh wow what's the other what's the other two uh let me read them Now you're cheating. Oh, service times. Service times. Service. And I would include Bible study, too. Maybe. Yeah, it's not a requirement. No. We're talking about what absolutely should be on your church website. Okay, I get it. I get it. So service times, definitely. And um, what did I miss? And then the top one. Who, who you are. Who you are. So like like who you are would be a briefer statement of faith. So you're just like very a little blurb, like a yeah, Twitter blurb, a little blurb type of thing. Your church name. Yes. Pretty important. Yes. So you've got that on there. Plus, like a very brief thing of what you're about. We're, okay. we're a gospel teaching church. We're okay. expository preaching. Okay. You know, you might use some quick buzzwords to just kind of give a very quick statement of who you are. Uh-huh. Just like you would shake your hand. Hey, I'm so and so. I'm from such and such. I work for so and so. Right. You know. So the Baptist Faith and Message 2000 or the 1689. Those would be the statement of faith, or that is something totally that w- different. That would be the statement of faith. Okay. Right. Okay. So you might say we're a London Baptist Confession 1689 church, mm-hmm. and then hey, we know you're reformed. Right. You know, something like that. Right. Uh, and then your statement of faith is going to say exactly what that is. Okay. Here's the London Baptist Confession. So who you are says that and then the statement of faith spells it out right okay got it so like if our church was something other than first southern baptist church (laughs) we kind of give ourselves away a little bit (laughs) we would want to say in there somewhere we're a southern baptist church we we do get asked the question of you know do you do you allow your your women to wear pants or yeah and instead of just dresses or can we wear makeup and those type of weird questions. Yeah, I got myself into trouble with that once. Uh, yeah, you did. So somebody yeah. came up to me after church and said. A lady. It was a woman who said, uh, <laughs> can women wear pants? And I went, uh, we would prefer it. Yes. And then I was like, oh, And then wait, there wait, was wait, the wait, awkward wait. silence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then there was like the shock and horror of like what I just said. <laughs> and then. <laughs> <laughs> and then I realized what she was asking, like, oh, yeah, okay. So you're asking. It was a serious question. Yeah. Yeah. Are we going to make women wear long skirts or right. can women wear pants? Right. Yeah. So anyway. Yes. <laughs> yeah, don't was... do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would prefer you wear pants. Oh, dear. Um. Anyway. Yeah, so stuff like, those are the five things. So who you yeah. are, your statement of faith, where you're located, service times, and some way to contact you. Mm-hmm. And and please, and I'm just going to ask this 
This is a personal bias thing, but I'm going to ask this of you churches. When you have a how to contact you on your website, put your email address. Oh, yes. And please. don't don't have the thing where you have the fill in box that just kind of like. Oh, where from they the, don't get your email, but yeah, you get theirs. Right. Yeah. I don't like that. That bugs me. And, and especially since the majority of ways that we're contacted these days are are through smartphone. Mm -hmm. Few people are sitting down at their computer and contacting you anymore. They're doing it through their phone. Right. So the little text box, it's really difficult to navigate. It it's is. just easier to have your email address on there. Mm -hmm. So and even as a link. So somebody can just push it. Right. Their own email will come up and then right. they're able to fill out the thing to you that way. That's a better way to do it. Yeah, and so plus much you've more got handier. yeah. Plus you've got your phone number on there. Um, so thank you, Zach from Michigan, for that question. That was helpful. Uh, this is from Neil from South Carolina. This might be the last question that we get to here. Uh oh. Is it biblical to protect your congregation with a firearm? Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Uh, and of course, this question is coming. From the, the fact we just had a church shooting this past weekend mm -hmm. at West Freeway Church of Christ in White Settlement, Texas. So another one of these church shootings has hit the news. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a killer. His name was Keith Kinnunen, who came into church with a shotgun, killed two men before Jack Wilson uh, pulled his gun and put the killer down. The deceased are Richard White and Tony Wallace. We grieve with this church. We're praying for mm -hmm. you. And we're praying for the families uh, of those who lost these loved ones, Richard White and Tony Wallace. Is it biblical for a church to arm themselves to protect from instances such as this? Absolutely. And let me tell you, folks, in this such a case, the citizen, the United States citizen who is carrying a gun, who will put down the perpetrator that is trying to kill people, he is the avenger of blood. Mm. He is the sword that is talked about in Romans chapter 13. We think of this chapter uh, it can only apply to police officers or soldiers. It can apply to an American citizen carrying a gun. Yes, it can. Yeah. Because we live in that kind of constitutional democracy. Right. So the law allows you to carry a gun and defend against somebody who is a lawbreaker mm -hmm. who is trying to kill people. Right. It doesn't matter whether they walk into a church or a 7-Eleven. Mm -hmm. Put that guy down. Right. Don't let him kill people. This man is a murderer. What's between him and the Lord? Well, arrange the meeting. Yeah. Put that guy on the ground. Do not let him continue to take lives. Uh, would you let somebody break the law who is attempting to harm others? Uh, I am a gun owner. And if somebody comes into my house, I will not hesitate mm. to put that guy down and protect my family. Mm -hmm. And I have told our security folks at church just to put them at ease. These are these guys are gun carriers anyway, mm -hmm. licensed to carry even yeah. e in, even though in the state of Kansas, you don't need to. We're an open carry state. We are. But uh, but they're licensed to carry. And even these guys, though, they understand that. And they're even military vets. I have said to them, don't have any conflict in your conscience over what you would be doing if you have to protect this church, because your pastor would be standing right next to you, mm. shooting on the guy that is trying to harm people in this congregation. Yep, Folks, the law allows us to do that. And so in Romans chapter 13, where it says, rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good and you will receive his approval, for he is God's servant for your good. 
But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain, for he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Our laws in the United States allow us to protect ourselves with guns. The Second Amendment grants us that right. Right. So when you put a guy down who is trying to kill people in your church, you are the avenger of blood. That is talked about here in Romans chapter 13. This is biblically permissive, folks. And if that bothers you, if you have a uh, like a like a Christian liberty conflict of conscience about that, fine. Go to a church where nobody is packing a gun. You don't have to come to mine, but understand if you come to mine, we have people that will protect members of that congregation and they do so legally. Mm -hmm. Now, if it becomes the case where the government takes away our guns, that's a totally different matter. We'd be having a different conversation there. But so far, the law allows us to possess these things and be that person to protect others when a lawbreaker comes in Mm -hmm. and is trying to kill people. So anyway, I, I got a little worked up there, but you I did. hope uh, <laughs> but that's OK. I, I hope, Neil, that answers your question. And once again, not to take our eyes off the ball, but we should pray for this church, West Freeway Church of Christ in White Settlement, Texas, that God would be glorified even through this tragedy. Hmm. Thank you to guys like Jack Wilson, who protected the people in his church, probably saved over a dozen lives. At least. Yeah. And uh, and mourning again for the loss of Richard White and Tony Wallace. God bless you guys. Thank Wait, you for listening to the broadcast. Go I need ahead. One more yes. to make it happier. Okay. I mean, happier conclusion. I am almost in tears. Okay. So then, I need to end on a happy note. Uh, let's see. What is the airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow from Jonathan? Okay. <laughs> what do you mean? African or European? The the swallow? No, that is the answer to that question. Oh. Monty oh. Python and the Holy Grail. Oh, okay. Anyway, I sorry. Don't, get it. don't watch that movie. Uh <laughs> For uh, next question, this one was anonymously submitted for online donations via FSBCJC. It doesn't seem to have a place to indicate the donation is for what. Do you assume the non-member or out-of-town donations are for the online ministry? Uh, it will benefit when we understand the text somehow. Mm-hmm. So uh, don't worry about if you need to specify that it's for when we understand the text. Uh, it, you're probably talking about like helping us out with getting to G3. Mm could i don't know so uh, trust me it will help us out yeah so <laughs> don't worry about that but uh, once again you can go to our website wwutt.com click on give mm-hmm. you can either send a check or you can uh, uh send us money via um uh, well paypal we talked about paypal last week we did but uh, simple give is the name of the right of the it. charity that that you give through uh what is my paypal do you remember what that was Pastor Gabe? Uh, something like that. PastorGabeHughes.me. <laughs> <laughs> However you spell that. Um, Not exactly. Hang on. I'm trying to find it here. PayPal, 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 PayPal. Update your credit card information. Nope, that's not it. How far back did I do this? I don't remember. It's on there somewhere. We're eating up all kinds of time now. Why don't you use the search mail thing up at the top? Oh, hey, look, that would be beneficial. That might narrow it down just a smidge, you know. PayPal. There we go. You sent a payment. Uh, That was to my dad. (laughs) Um, Oh, welcome to PayPal.me. There we go. Okay, so it's PayPal.me slash Pastor Gabe Hughes. There There you go. go. (laughs) P-A-S-T-O-R-G-A-B-E. H-U-G-H-E-S. So if you want to direct send us something through PayPal, you can do it that way as well. 
Again, that's paypal.me slash Pastor Gabe Hughes. That wraps up our program for this week. Thank you so much for listening. And once again, those questions can be sent to when we understand the text at gmail.com. Any other questions we got on Twitter that I wrote down here, uh-huh. but we didn't answer today. I'm going to hold on to these. We'll start with them next week. Sweet. All right, let's pray. Let's. Heavenly Father, we thank you for our time together once again and that we rejoice in your word to uh, uh, to hear the gospel spoken, uh, to know that it is by grace through faith in our Lord Jesus Christ that we have been saved. We've been forgiven our sins and we stand before you as righteous. And I pray that this is something we rejoice in daily to read your word and hear the good news of the gospel to want to even share that with somebody else. And we pray for Megan and her ambition to want to go share the gospel, that you would be uh, with her spirit, you would fan this desire into flame, and that you would give her some folks around her, some good friends to help her in this uh, in this journey, this, uh, this next chapter of her life where she's wanting to more passionately share her faith with others, and that she's got a good, solid church supporting her as well. We pray for this church in Texas that experienced this shooting last weekend, and we pray for uh, the, the families of those who lost loved ones. May God be glorified in the midst of this, though the, the church is nevertheless mourning over what has taken place, uh, but they come back to the scriptures and they read the promises of God that are given for us who believe. Jesus said in John 16, in this world, you will have tribulation, but take heart for I have overcome the world. We weep with those who weep, we rejoice with those who rejoice, and we with joy look forward to the day that we will all be together with Christ in glory, where there will be no more evil, no more tears, every tear will have been wiped away, and we will be with God forever in perfect peace. And it's in the name of Jesus Christ that we pray, amen. I could have said 40 of the biggest, you know, so right. I stick with my 40 number. <laughs> Apparently that's your number. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's it's kind of, it's go-to. not my thing. Yeah, I, it, A lot of people it's do it. It's just easy. It's just easy, right. Yeah. It's easy to say 40. I, I, anyway. Kind of like our anniversaries are all on the first. That's right. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. We just missed our, our uh, <laughs> engagement day. Yep. <laughs> it was the first we were engaged after midnight on new year's eve mm-hmm. so on january 1st yeah. and then i i totally missed it yeah shucks so <laughs> i was in bed <laughs> yeah. come 12 15 i was head over bed about that time we were done all righty i kissed her at midnight though you did i stole a kiss from her at midnight
which I don't steal kisses anymore because we're married, so they're mine. Uh, <laughs> but Michelle Leslie, <laughs> Michelle Leslie had contacted us and threw in a few stories. Some of them I was kind of embarrassed that I didn't get. 